You're listening to Comedy Central. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Trevor Noah, and this is the Daily Social Distancing Show. As you can see, I'm wearing a special hoodie today because after wearing a tuxedo at the Grammys, I have to ease myself back into normal hoodies. You know, you can't just go cold turkey. And I just want to say thank you to everyone who tuned in last night, even the haters and the losers. I hope you enjoyed it because I know I had a great time. I danced with Cardi B, I emptied Doja Cat's litter box, and I even joined the BTS army. Yeah, they're sending me to Iraq. I ship out on Friday. Anyway, on tonight's show, police are causing problems on two continents. Jabuki Young White learns the truth about the COVID vaccine and why Andrew Cuomo might have to update his LinkedIn. Plus, the one and only Eddie Murphy is joining us on the show. So let's do this, people. Welcome to the Daily Social Distancing Show. From Trevor's couch in New York City to your couch somewhere in the world, this is the Daily Social Distancing Show with Trevor Noah. Ears edition. Let's kick things off with a story out of Oklahoma involving two of America's favorite pastimes, basketball and racism. High school basketball announcer in Oklahoma is blaming his diabetes and a spike in his blood sugar for the racist comments he made during a live stream state basketball tournament. The Norman players started kneeling during the national anthem, and that's when the announcer, Matt Rowan, hurled horrifying racist insults at the Norman team that were caught on mic. Rowan later apologized, saying in part, and I quote, I suffer type one diabetes and during the game, my sugar was spiking. While not excusing my remarks, it is not unusual that when my sugar spikes that I become disoriented and often say things that are not appropriate as well as hurtful. I'm not racist. I just suffer from diabetes. I bet the royal family wishes that they thought of that one. I'm so sorry, Megan. Our blood sugar was spiking that day and for the past 600 years. But hey, I'm no doctor. I mean, maybe diabetes does make you racist. In fact, I hope it does. You know, it would make things so much simpler. Lincoln could have ended slavery with a box of granola bars. It does make me wonder though, how many close calls this guy has had before? Like, were there times when he was running through CVS, like in the candy aisle, like, go back is my favorite band. Oh, they were so close, so close. In more sports news, Cheerleading. It's the only socially acceptable way to stand on other people. If you watched Cheer on Netflix 10 years ago at the beginning of 2020, you know that cheerleading is a super competitive sport. But one cheer mom took her competitive spirit a little too far. Now to that disturbing case involving deep fakes, videos that are manipulated to make it look like someone did or said something they did not. It's a troubling new take on cyberbullying. A mom in Pennsylvania is accused this morning of using so-called deep fakes to anonymously harass members of her daughter's cheerleading team. Police say 50-year-old Rafael Spone digitally altered photos and videos of three members of her daughter's cheerleading squad, known as the Victory Vipers, depicting them naked, drinking, and smoking from a vape pen, and then sent the images to the girls and their coaches. The essence of it was to knock them down, essentially to try to shame them or get them knocked off the team would appear to be the motivation. Wow. That is really impressive. I can't believe this 50-year-old mom learned how to make deep fakes. 
Meanwhile, your mom has to call you up every time she forgets her Paramount Plus login. Really? I have to say Paramount Plus. Obviously, using deepfakes to bully teenagers is messed up. And not only is it criminal, but it can also backfire. Because you can't trust moms to know what's not cool for teenagers to do. Honey, I know you hate Trisha, so I posted the deep fake of her doing shots with Megan the Stallion backstage. Mom, that's the coolest thing she could do. Not on a school night. And honestly, were the deep fakes of the teens using vape pens really necessary? I mean, you've already got them naked and drunk. You don't need to be like, and they're also basic. But this is a sign that the future that awaits us with deep fakes is going to be petty as hell. You know, people are worried that deepfakes will be used to influence elections, but 90% of them are just gonna be people pretending to find mice in their tacos just so they can get free food. So, I mean, the only solution to this is to never trust any video that you ever see ever again, including this video. I mean, I think I'm Trevor Noah, but there's no way to know for sure. Let's move on now to an update about America's criminal justice system. This weekend, the country marked one year since police in Louisville, Kentucky killed Breonna Taylor. And while there is still much more work to be done, the police have been willing to make at least one change. It could soon become a crime to taunt police officers in Kentucky. The AP reports Kentucky lawmakers passed the proposal through the state Senate this week. The bill says anyone who taunts, insults, or challenges a law enforcement officer would be guilty of a misdemeanor and would face up to 90 days in jail plus fines. That's right, 90 days for insulting a police officer. So whatever you do, don't say to a cop, wow, I thought strippers would be in better shape or Nice riot gear and face shield. You look like if a G.I. Joe had sex with a Chipotle sneeze guard. And whatever you do, do not try and tell Kentucky police any knock-knock jokes. You know they don't like knocking. Look, understandably, people are pretty angry about this, but just put yourself in the position of a police officer in Kentucky, huh? You're just doing your job, breaking into someone's home and shooting them in bed, and then that person calls you a jerk? It's like, hey, buddy, I've got feelings too. But obviously there are a lot of problems with this law. I mean, first of all, any protest against police could land peaceful protesters in jail. And secondly, if you're married to a cop, you basically have to let them win every single argument. Plus, you know that now cops are gonna try to get people to taunt them just to meet their arrest quotas. Hey, what are you looking at? You see anything funny, huh? Uh, no. You sure? Huh? Now, of course, It isn't just the United States where there are tensions between communities and the police, as we are seeing in Great Britain, where women are up in arms. There is growing outrage and concern about women's safety in Britain after the killing of a woman. 33-year-old London resident Sarah Everard was kidnapped and murdered while walking home earlier this month. The suspect in connection with Sarah Everard's kidnap and her death was actually a serving member of the Metropolitan Police Force. There was a vigil on the weekend. Even Kate, the Duchess of Cambridge, made a private visit to lay flowers. But later on Saturday night, the police tried to break up the crowd. The vigil was against lockdown rules, but their heavy-handed tactics and these images have horrified the nation and helped fuel more protests last night. Sexist police on our streets! Sexist police off our streets, they shouted. Okay, what, what are these cops thinking? 
getting violent at a vigil over an officer murdering this woman? The only way those cops could have been more tone deaf is if they had mansplained the protest chants back to the women. You can't be going around breaking up a vigil. A vigil is by definition the most peaceful of all gatherings. No one ever says, yo man, you gotta come through. This vigil is about to be wild. I swear the police could avoid so many headaches if they just hired one person whose only job is to ask, is this something the good guys would do? That way, when the police chief says, okay, tonight, we're gonna go to a peaceful vigil and tackle women, then that person can raise their hand, ask their one question, is this something the good guys would do? And we can avoid this entire situation. And part of the reason people were protesting in the first place is that after Sarah Everard disappeared, police went door to door, telling women to stay home for their own safety, which led many people to wonder, why don't the police tell the men to stay home since they're the ones going around murdering people? But instead, they're telling women, listen, lady, there's men on these streets, so you better stay home, yeah? Although there could be men in your home too, so you can't stay there either. Tell you what, just hover in the air about 10 feet off the ground, and that should keep you safe until we decide to do our jobs, love. But let's move on now to our main story. Andrew Cuomo, governor of New York, and the only person who wishes it was still 2020. A few weeks ago, Cuomo was hit with sexual harassment accusations from two former staffers. But much like coronavirus in New York nursing homes, the allegations have only been getting worse. In recent weeks, seven women have accused the governor of sexual misconduct or harassment. The sixth accusation came from the Albany Times Union, which reported that a female aide to Cuomo alleges the governor aggressively groped her late last year while she was alone with him in his private residence. And today, New York Magazine says it interviewed more than 30 women who have either worked with or interacted with Cuomo and found that bullying was a defining element. Jessica Bakeman, a journalist at Cuomo's hand had been on my body, on my arms, my shoulders, the small of my back, my waist. Another woman, Caitlin, said she was hired as an aide for her looks and that she was verbally and mentally abused by him and his staff. Today's New York Times says its investigation showed Cuomo's office is afflicted with a culture still rooted in the Mad Men era, including an expectation that younger female staffers wear makeup, dresses, and heels because it was rumored that was what what the governor liked. Whew. These allegations are some serious shit. Bullying and groping women, a madman office culture, and pushing women to wear dresses and heels. I mean, it sounds like Cuomo basically thought of himself like a bouncer outside a nightclub, which is convenient for him because that might be his job in a couple months. And practically every day now, there are more and more accusations piling up. It's getting so bad that he's gonna have to bring back his PowerPoint slides just to track the harassment claims. I mean, just in the past couple weeks, we've heard about him harassing staffers, journalists, wedding guests. It seems like no women in New York were safe from this guy. At some point, we're gonna find out the Statue of Liberty only holds that torch so she can fend him off. Now, Cuomo insists that an investigation into these allegations will exonerate him. And while President Biden is willing to wait and see where the investigation leads, he might be the only one left. 
Governor Cuomo is digging in despite a cascade of demands from politicians, many fellow Democrats, saying that he needs to step down for the good of the state. Almost all of the state's Democratic Congress people are calling on Cuomo to go, along with its two U.S. senators, Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and Kirsten Gillibrand. Governor Cuomo has lost the confidence of his governing partners as well as the people of New York. Longtime Congressman Jerry Nadler says, Governor Cuomo has lost the confidence of the people of New York. Governor Cuomo must resign. Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Congressman Jamal Bowman jointly said, Governor Cuomo can no longer effectively lead in the face of so many challenges. That's right. No one wants anything to do with Cuomo. AOC wants him to resign. Schumer wants him to resign. His brother renamed his CNN show from Cuomo primetime to just, it's just Chris, okay? It's just Chris. But yes, many Democrats say that Cuomo can no longer effectively lead New York, and photos like this one aren't helping. I mean, if you're walking around outside wearing a blanket, you don't look like you're on top of things. You look like you either got saved from a drowning car or you live with 100 cats, or maybe, his strategy is just to go in disguise. Maybe that's what he's trying to do. Andrew Cuomo, no, I'm an old Italian grandmother, Nonna Maria. Okay, Granny, well, let's get you back into a nursing home. Oh, shit, that backfired. And remember, while all of this is going on, New York is still in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic. The state is even dealing with its own New York mutation, which makes corona easier to catch and also makes you weirdly defensive about bagels. And if you wanna convince people that you're still focused on corona, it's probably a bad idea to have your vaccine czar spending his time doing this. Now a report in the Washington Post makes claims that one of Cuomo's top advisors and vaccine czar, Larry Schwartz, may have crossed ethical lines, accused of making calls to county executives, questioning their loyalty. One executive was so upset by the call, the person filed an ethics complaint with the state attorney general's office. According to the report, one official believed getting vaccines to his area could suffer if Schwartz was not pleased with his response. And the governor's office and Schwartz denied that the governor did anything wrong. Schwartz told the Post that when he made those calls, it was not in his role as a vaccine czar, but only as Cuomo's friend. Ooh, that response is so gangster. I'm not calling you as the guy who has all the vaccines your area needs. I'm just calling you as Cuomo's friend who has all the vaccines your area needs. I just wanna know if you support him or if you like getting COVID, it's just a question. And look, he can say that he was just calling as a friend, but he is the vaccine czar. Like, he should be doing vaccine shit. Like, where does he even find the time for chit-chat? Because I'm spending all my time in an alley behind Walgreens trying to lick the insides of used syringes. Although, I guess it's not entirely his fault. It's like, it's not completely his fault, you know what I mean? They didn't make him the vaccine czar. If you don't want people to abuse their power, Maybe stop calling them czars, you know? Hey, you know those tyrannical rulers from the old days? That's your job now, but like, be nice, okay? So, Cuomo's attempts to stay in power are only giving people more reasons to call for his resignation. But Cuomo says it's never going to happen. And he has a very dumb explanation for why. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo reiterating he's innocent amid mounting allegations and ongoing investigations into his alleged misconduct. The governor also saying he isn't going anywhere. People know the difference between playing politics, bowing to cancel culture, and the truth. 
let the review proceed. I'm not going to resign. Part of this is that I am not part of the political club. And you know what? I'm proud of it. That's right. From the time he became governor 10 years ago to his years as attorney general, back to when he worked in the Clinton administration, Andrew Cuomo has never been part of the political club. And if you disagree, you can drive your ass out of New York on the bridge they named after his governor dad. But yes, Andrew Cuomo thinks that holding him to account for his actions is cancel culture, which is obviously making people pretty angry, especially nursing home residents. They're like, bitch, you canceled Gladys. And I gotta be honest, if this is cancel culture, well then, I have no idea what cancel culture means anymore. I guess it's, it's about letting Dr. Seuss books be racist, but also not letting politicians get away with sexual harassment. Cancel culture feels a lot like watching WandaVision. Every time I think I get what it's about, the next scene is like, now it's about a purple witch who's only pretend possessed? But this is the new playbook. You know, it's the new playbook for all these kinds of scandals. You just refuse to step aside and you hope that things eventually blow over. It worked for Donald Trump. It worked for Ralph Northam and Andrew Cuomo hopes it'll work for Nonna Maria. All right, when we come back, Jabuki Young White decides whether to take the COVID-19 vaccine or not. And the one and only Eddie Murphy is still joining us on the show. So stick around. Welcome back to the Daily Social Distancing Show. Now that the COVID-19 vaccines are here, everyone is scrambling to get one. Well, not everyone. Our own Jabuki Young White has some concerns. For a year, I've been talking to my good friend and vaccinologist, Dr. Hotez, about one thing. So where's this vaccine? The vaccines won't be out till the middle of 2021. But now that the vaccine's finally here, I'm not sure I want it. There's too many unanswered questions and concerns. We've done this in less than a year. Does that mean that safety is being compromised? If anything goes wrong with the vaccine, the drug makers that produce them aren't responsible. Yet, Hotez is making it his mission to get everyone vaccinated. We can and have to uh, vaccinate uh, half a billion people by the summer. We've got to vaccinate the American people ahead of these variants. We need more vaccines. Well, enough is enough. Dr. Hotez, I've been seeing you everywhere promoting this vaccine. You gotta stop. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. When we spoke last year, you were begging for that vaccine. I barely wanted the vaccine. You're exaggerating. Give me a little taste of that sweet little vaccine. I will take three boxes of the Ashwagandha Oxycontin, please. Well, you didn't pronounce it quite right. Okay, it's- okay, Dr. Hotez, whatever. Just give me your secret stash of Ascot Zendaya Ostrich Farm, please. Okay, sure, but that was before I heard this. There's a lot of misinformation about vaccines. I have accurate sources, horoscopes, memes, this guy who yells things outside my window. The world is ending in 2012. I've been giving you the most accurate information that the scientific community have to offer. The best they have to offer isn't gonna prevent this. I don't want Bill Gates putting a microchip in me. I want Apple putting a microchip in me. That way I'll look all sleek and cost like four grand more for no reason. Let me tell you something, those anti-vaccine sites, they're saying not only Bill Gates, but they're saying me and uh, Tony Fauci were out there in Area 51 putting those chips in the vaccines. Oh my God. What's Area 51 like? Are the aliens cute? I've never been to Area 51. You can't believe everything that you hear. I heard the vaccine will turn you gay. 
Now, how would something like that happen? And if that is true, how can I get the vaccine personally distributed to some celebs? I have a list, and I want to know if they've already gotten it. Um, Michael B. Jordan, Timothy Chalamet, Pete Davidson, Logan Lerman, Daniel Kaluuya, Steven Yoon. There's no even plausible mechanism by which that's going to happen. Huh. How about the fact that they're rushing the vaccine like a couple on 90 Day Fiance? Rushing? We've been working on coronavirus vaccines for over 10 years. So a decade of research and you still haven't found a way to turn people gay. What is science for even? Now look, uh, vaccines don't modify your DNA. Nobody's sticking chips inside. And they certainly are not going to change your sexual orientation. How do you know all this information? Well, I spent my whole life developing vaccines, and I've also gotten the coronavirus vaccine. Wait, wait, you were vaccinated? Are there any fun side effects? Any fun side effects? I know I'm not going to go to the hospital or the ICU or, or going to lose my life from COVID-19. Oh yeah, I was so worried about the side effects, I forgot about the main effects, not dying. See, that's what I'm saying. Everyone needs to get this vaccine. One of the problems is that people don't have access to places where we're delivering the vaccine, especially in low-income neighborhoods. We have to create more sites where people can get vaccinated. But even if they have access, some people just don't want it. Vaccine hesitancy rates are pretty high uh, in uh, African-American neighborhoods and among people of color. So now going on just about every uh, African-American talk radio station I can to talk to them about the importance of getting vaccinated. Okay, Dr. Hotez, no offense, maybe you're just not the best messenger. Maybe I can help because I'm me and you're that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Even though Dr. Hotez has the best intentions, he can't help the fact that the black community doesn't trust white nerds. That's why I'm here to help. Hello. I am Dr. Jabuki, here today with a very important message on why we need to get vaccinated. These antiviral properties bind to the spike proteins in the body, which, and you know, it works like Botox. Okay, I'm 43. Look, soft. Look, smooth. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You can't say that. You got the first part perfectly. You can't go saying it's gonna work like Botox. Okay, what's the worst thing that could happen? I saved somebody's life. Yeah, you want to save someone's life, but you can't say it's going to work like Botox. Fine, okay. Studies have shown that it makes your dick bigger. You can't make those outrageous claims. <laughs> of course, right. Our dicks are already big. It would just be weird at that point. Throw away your shea butter because it will cure ashiness. None of those things are true. You know what? This isn't working for me. Get the vaccine. You know what? I'm, I'm with you, Dr. Jabuki. Everybody get the vaccine. Finally! <gasps> This is Dr. Jabuki signing off. And remember, once vaccinated, you'll never be pulled over by the cops again. No, 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 no. It doesn't do anything with that. Thank you so much, Jabuki. All right, when we come back, the one and only Eddie Murphy is joining me on the show. So don't go away. Welcome back to the Daily Social Distancing Show. Earlier today, I spoke with legendary comedian and actor Eddie Murphy. We talked about making the sequel to Coming to America and when we might see him back on stage. Eddie Murphy, welcome to the Daily Social Distancing Show. Oh, thanks for having me. I feel like you, you, you know, you seem like the kind of person who's almost the least affected by the pandemic because I feel like you always stayed at home before the pandemic. 
I've been sheltering in place and washing my hands constantly and using Perel for over 30 years. <laughs> yeah, that's something I've known about Eddie Murphy my whole life. They're going like, Eddie Murphy washes his hands. Like, that was a thing I knew about, I knew Eddie Murphy, comedian, jokes, actor, but then the third fact I knew about you was, Eddie Murphy washes his hands. He's terribly clean, man. <laughs> I'm very clean. <laughs> when was the last time you were sick? Sick, sick? Yeah. Uh, maybe about two years ago, I caught the flu at the Golden Globes. That's why Eddie Murphy doesn't go out. And the time before that, I caught the flu at the Oscars, like two or three years before that. It's those big crowds of people getting trophies. <laughs> people have grown up with you. People have, have emulated you. There's no stand-up comedian who hasn't been touched by you. There's no film, there's no comedic actor who doesn't have a little bit of Eddie Murphy in how they perform. We see them coming to America now. You know, it's like, it's like a celebration of a movie that was genre-defying back then. I mean, I remember watching that movie going like, I've never seen Africans portrayed like this in an American film. You know, seeing like regal Africans, seeing rich Africans. I mean, Zamunda was, was, was Wakanda before Wakanda in that way. It was just like, what, what is this place, you know, where the royal penis is being cleaned? You know what I mean? <laughs> when, you, uh, when, you, when you decided to make Coming to America the sequel, I'm, I'm sure it wasn't an easy choice. Why did you say yes? It wasn't easy. It, it, it was a totally easy choice. It kind of happened organically. It wasn't like uh, somebody pitched it. And I was like, oh, what happened was the movie became a cult movie over the years. Right. And, uh, and I've re I, I realized, you know, there's an audience for this movie. If I could figure out a way to connect those dots, there's an audience for a sequel to the movie. But that was, you know, 25 years into it, people started, you know, dressing up as on Halloween, people get dressed up as some of the characters and they have a, a restaurant in LA, uh, I think it's called Fat Sal's. They turn their restaurant into a McDowell's restaurant. Right, right. And on VH1 shows coming to America 24 hours straight on Christmas. So it's right. stuff like that, you know, so that's what made me go, there's an audience for the movie. I loved how the movie it was it was new enough to be like you know new for a new generation, but I love that you guys brought back so many of the same characters. I mean, like my my favorite characters easily are the barbershop fellows. Like I mean, you know what I mean. Everyone from Saul to the dudes in the chairs. Did you ever go out into the streets as those characters just to test the characters in real life? Oh yeah, when we first put them on, we go out and play around in those makeups. Like you would go out as the old dude from the barbershop. Absolutely. A couple times we went out and did those makeups just to talk to people and, you know, see if the makeup is working. Because I don't know if this story is true or not, but Arsenio told me that you wanted to see how convincing you could be as an old man. And you, you decided to go and, like, flirt with older ladies just to see if you were in, like, the right brackets. No, not, not, for, not to see how convincing I was, to see how convincing the makeup would be. So right. I flirted with some older older woman when I was an, an older man. And? <laughs> and? And I got the pussy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Actually, some of the easiest pussy I ever had. <laughs> Be surprised how easy old women are. <laughs> Oh man, you 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 Ooh, your back is so strong. <laughs> Did you ever feel like living like that, or like not not living like that, but going out like that? Because Eddie Murphy is 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 an insane 
superstar. I mean, I remember there was a time when you went around with bodyguards, but it was like for a short moment in time. And then you were like, I don't, I don't do this. But I wonder if Eddie Murphy, like, have you ever just thought to yourself, I'm just going to go out as a different character and see what life is like? I used to go out with bodyguards back in the early days when I toured or when I was at the club every night. Right. Around people drunk every night and you're one of the faces. You should have some people around you. So, but after the, after that period, I never, you know, you know, I got rid of them, and I kind of don't really go out that much, you know. So, I kind of have my little world that I'm in. I'll be doing a lot of going out, <laughs> and if I do, it's to some controlled place. Right, right, right. It feels like you were always first part of your your first part of your question was what. No, I wanted to know if you just went out like that ever. You know, if you, if just to be like free as Eddie Murphy, just to, just to be like, yeah, I can just do whatever I want. Yeah, I could just go out as, as me, you know, to controlled places, you know, for the most part. And I never put on the makeup, because you know, you're not really free if you go out in those makeups. It's like, I'm free. I'm this other guy. <laughs> you know what? I did a movie called Norbit years ago, and uh, uh, I had no mustache. It's the only movie I've ever done in my whole career where I had no mustache. And uh, I'm with no mustache, I'm unrecognizable. Like me just huh. walking. If I cut my mustache off, I could walk into, I literally have gone to Mr. Chow's with no mustache and walk past, you know, photographers and all this, walk right past, going up to people that I knew, famous people, and talking to them for a second, and they'll be like, who is this? And they'll realize <laughs> I'm a total wow. person. It's and just I, don't that. Like, I don't like it. I didn't like it. I didn't like the whole being just a guy, you know, I was just, uh, <laughs> I, think, I think I'm ugly. <laughs> the way they were acting, I think without my mustache, I might be not just a regular guy, but an ugly regular guy. Because the girls wouldn't give me no kind of energy or nothing. I walked around. It was very, I hated it. I grew my mustache back as quickly as possible. <laughs> when, we, when we look at your career now, um, you've done everything. And you've always talked about how your family is your legacy. But selfishly, your fans want more stand-up from Eddie Murphy. Are you coming back to the stage? Yeah, that the plan was I took off from making movies in 2011. Right. And six, seven years go by, and I'm like, okay, all right, I'm, I've, I've recharged my batteries, and I want to go do some stuff. And I was like, you know, it would be really cool to do some stand-up, but I don't want to just jump back out there having not had a new movie out in years. So I was like, let me go do some stuff to, re- to kind of remind them <laughs> that I'm funny. So like, I did a Dolomite, and then we went back to Saturday Night Live. And then the plan was to do Coming to America. We did that. Then the plan was to go and do stand-up. But then the pandemic hit. So this last year when we were all sheltering, that was the year I would have been out trying to get my shit back together. Right, 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 right. So as soon as we get back to, you know, people could sit in the room again and you could go, then I'm going to go start workshopping and getting the act together. And the plan is to do it again. Well, we're looking forward to it. It's a... It's been an amazing journey having you in our lives. Thank you for uh, releasing the movie. Thank you for getting back on stage and thank you for being you. Oh, Keep washing your hands. For being in the movie. To, oh, to, no, you ki- are you kidding me? Bibiniana, Totatsi. That's a great name. I was like, I know it's authentic because he's from South Africa, so I know that's 
<laughs> I made up all those other names. Those are not real names. Most of them, like uh, uh, my mother's name, and it was a uh, Aeolion. That's not a, that's not a real name. I totally made that name. Jaffe Jofa is a totally made up name. <laughs> <laughs> so Tatsi Bibignana sounds very authentic. It it, it really does. Well, Bibignana. A lot of people don't. Bibignana is actually like it's a play on it. it technically, if you say it properly, it means small penis. So there was a little joke, inside joke for for South Africans. Exactly. Yeah, like my brother came up to me and he was like, hey man, who who called you that? Because I don't know if these Americans know what they called you. And I was like, oh no, that, that was on our side. And he's like, oh, because that sounds like... It that is sounds something, like a, something too? No, no, no. That was just like a South African. It was just like play on the name. And then it was a last name that sounds Tatsi. like it. Tatsi. It sounds Tatsi. like it. Little Dick Totatsi. That's what your name, Bibignana me. <laughs> well, it sounds, it sounds like it. Sounds like small dick, but it isn't. It sounds like it. Okay. You know, just to give it some of that, just to give it some of that. But thank you for having me, man. Thank you so much. Thanks for doing it. I'm excited to see you on the, on the stage again, Eddie. And um, yeah, man, keep washing your hands. Keep doing you. And I appreciate you. Yeah, man, I appreciate you too. And thank you for having me. And congratulations for all the success you've been having, man. You really, thank really you, funny brother. Don't forget, Coming to America is available now on Amazon Prime Video. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, but we'll be right back after this. Well, that's our show for tonight, but before we go, remember, it's Women's History Month, so please consider supporting Black Girls Code. It's an organization dedicated to leveling the playing field for girls of color in STEM. By supporting Black Girls Code, you're helping empower young girls who use technology to change their lives and all of our lives for the better. So if you can help out, Go to the link below and do whatever you can. Until tomorrow, stay safe out there, wear a mask, and remember, if you say the N-word, I'm sorry to inform you, you've got diabetes. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, ears edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.